Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm your host, Gene Marks. I'm a certified public accountant and a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications, including Forbes and Entrepreneur in the Hill and Washington Times, and a few more. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company. I have teamed up with Paychecks, the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life advice from real-life business owners and industry experts. And in this podcast, we'll talk about the complexities of running a small business and how they're handling the challenges they face. And when I say they, I mean business owners. And the business owner I'm speaking to today is Brunel Kotlin. Brunel is the owner of the Lower Ninth Ward Market in New Orleans. Hello. Hello. Hey, so... First of all, what is the Lower Ninth Ward market and how long have you guys been around? We've been around since 2009. Um, and in this one uh, building, we have a barbershop, a hair salon. We call it a sweet shop. You may know it as a convenience store. The very most, most, most important a grocery store. And thanks to Ellen DeGeneres, we now have a laundromat all in one building. So wait, wait, let, let me see if I can understand this. I actually wasn't <laughs> expecting that answer because I thought you were going to say it's just a grocery store. So you have, you have a laundromat, a barbershop, a hair salon, and a store that sells candy and sweets as well as the grocery store. Is that right? That is correct. All this is, this is a one-stop shop in the Lower neighborhood. If you want your hair cut, you come to see me. If you want uh, some sweets, you come to see me. If you want to wash some clothes, you come in here. And most important, if you want some groceries, as we stay down in New Orleans, you're going to make your groceries here. That is awesome. And wait, so when did you, you said you started this up back in 2009. Was it, was it all of this back then or was it just a grocery store back then? Oh, no, no. I wish I could have done it like that. Um, when I first started this off, um, we started off uh, with a grocery store window. Yes, you heard me say it correctly. A window, because we did not have enough money to open up those doors. So um, I sold everything from a little bitty window. Milk, eggs, bread, cheese, you name it. It went out this window for oh, maybe two and a half years before we finally had enough money saved up where we could open up the barbershop and uh, grocery store doors. Why did you choose a barbershop next out of all things like why not a a, a car dealership or a uh, <laughs> or manufacturer of rocket parts i mean why why a barbershop of all things believe it or not that's a good question um the reason why i chose a barbershop because i wanted to be practical i wanted to think about everyday essential needs that a community uh could use and a barbershop and a hair salon was came right at the top of my list you know so um we, we, there's nothing back here, unfortunately. There's nothing here at all. This is a one-stop shop. It's been like this since 2005. Right. So, uh, a barbershop was was important because you have to go and, and groom yourself. Is this just a barbershop or you also mentioned there's a hair salon as well for women? It's a barbershop slash hair salon. Got it. Did you know anything about cutting hair when you started this up? <laughs> I, let you, the reason why I laugh, I didn't know nothing about that. I didn't know what a hammer was when I first got started. <laughs> that, this was, it, it, it still is a learning experience. Um, tell you how bad I was, tell you a quick story. When I first uh, did this, I built my very first door and I was able to open and close the door. I was able to lock. I it was so excited. But when the building inspector came, I had to tear the door down. And the reason for that 
it was only 28 inches. It had to be 36 inches, handicap accessibility. So I didn't know what I was doing. I'm still learning as I go. That sounds exactly like something I would do, Brunel. So I don't don't <laughs> feel bad at all. But you jumped into it. You know what? You know what fascinates me about your business is I realize all the good stuff that you're doing for the neighborhood, and, and I and I appreciate that. But so speaking about you selfishly, you know, you have this diversified business. You know, you it's not like you just have a barber. If you just had a barber shop, you know, during this whole COVID thing, you would have been, you know, potentially had to be shut down. Was your barbershop shut down during this? Were there in New Orleans, were there shut down rules? Everything was uh, shut down except for the laundromat and the grocery store. And the reason why those two parts of my building were still able to uh, stay open because they was considered essential. Right. And that, I guess that leads to my point that, you know, there are some people that their whole livelihood is built into just one business and that exposes them when something like this happens. But you kind of had diversity, you know, you had, you had different revenue streams coming in from different areas. And even though one was shut down, you were still op, you know, able to operate the other. What, what was it like during all of that while things were shut down? Oh, wow. It was, we thought, we, we still try to get over on recover from Hurricane Katrina. Let me, let me ask you a question like this. Katrina is still alive here in New Orleans. Um, people don't know that because when they turn on the TV, they see Bourbon Street, they see the French Quarter, and they say, oh, everybody's living good in New Orleans, everybody's living happily ever after, except for here in the Lower Night Ward. I'm only 10 minutes from the French Quarters, and this is it. This is the only business. Now, on top of dealing with Katrina, we have the COVID-19. It's like fighting an invisible monster. It, it is extremely hard because when they shut everything down, uh, it's not a secret. The Lower Night Ward, it's, it's a poor, underprivileged community. So everyone was living paycheck to paycheck. But when they shut everything down, people lost that last paycheck. So it was even harder. Um, I don't sell any alcohol here. So when a person walked through my door, they come in here for food. And they were crying. Um, they didn't have anything. And, and, and it's still going on like that now, even still today. It's, it's hard. How do you um, how do you make those choices? Somebody comes in and and they need food, but they they don't have money. Um, what do you do? Uh, what I've been doing because I I've have lower customers. Um, if you, you there's a lot of people here that don't have transportation. The closest store that we have from where I'm at, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but it's Walmart. But you have to catch three city buses. You're actually leaving the lower night board. You're going to the next city, which is Shelmet. Um, so if you don't have transportation, you, you're going to be here. Um, I have law customers, so I have to pick and choose. Unfortunately, I wish I could do everyone that walked through the door, but I'm not, um, I'm not a, a Walmart. So I have to unfortunately tell some people no, because I have to keep the lights on. So it's, it's extremely difficult because everyone has a story. Um, so I started a ledger, you know, with, with the customers I know that can, uh, pay their bills back. And in my ledger, uh, say for example, I have, uh, I have this one lady, I, I'm not gonna say her name cause she's here all the time. She's an elderly lady. She has three kids, three grandchildren that she has to take care of. Um, she used to come here all the time when everything was opening. Well, when it shut everything down, she came in with her debit card and she thought she had money left over on her, on her card. And she got the normal stuff. She got like a gallon of milk, a uh, loaf of bread and a few other uh, candies and stuff for, her, for the kids. 
Well, make a long story short, she swiped the card and it got declined. And she started to cry. Um, so I had to make a, a, a decision with that. So I came out of, from behind my register. I know I wasn't supposed to do this, but I did it anyway. I gave her a hug. And I started the ledger right then and there. I wrote down what she had. I wrote down what she owed me. And I told her, once you get your unemployment check or stimulus check, whatever comes first, come back and pay me. And then I noticed it started happening again and again. And these are not bums. These are everyday productive members in society that want what everybody else wants. You know, love, pursue their happiness, and feed their family. But they couldn't do it. And it wasn't no fault of their own. You know, so um, it's story after story after story like that where I have to, I, ha- I just helped out certain people. So what happens, what happens now? Um, you know, you're, you're extending credit to some of these customers. They're longtime customers. Um, have you had any collection issues? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yes, I have. Um, so it's, it's, it's a debt that I still carry on my books. But then some who did get their stimulus check or unemployment check, they came and honor it. Unfortunately, I do have a, you know, a substantial amount that's still un, uncollected. You know, so it's, it's hard. It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. Hey, Bruno, how do you feel about... Um, you know, you mentioned that one customer had a debit card. How do you feel about debit cards and credit cards and um, accepting those? Do you accept them in your store? Do you encourage your customers to use them? Yeah, I do accept them. I do accept them in the store. Um, like I said earlier, it's it's a poor neighborhood, so we get the food stamp card or EBT card. So, um, and a, a lot of companies are getting away from the paperless checks, and they are going through the debit cards or pay cards. You know, so we have to keep up with the times. Um, a lot of the school kids that frequent my store, they force me, <laughs> and I'm using that word correctly, they force me to get the Venmo and Cash App. Good. And that's a good thing. Yes, sir. I have to keep up with the times. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, okay. So now, you know, you and I are talking right now. It's, New Orleans has, has reopened, correct? So all of your businesses should be back in operations. Is that correct? No, sir. Um, we, we opened up phase two. Phase three, the mayor decided not to go to phase three yet. And unfortunately, she's threatening to shut the city down again if the numbers does not uh, uh, coincide the curve, for, for lack of a what they call it, the curve. She said she's going to shut the city down again. So we're still at phase two. Um, the bad thing about New Orleans is a good thing and a bad thing. Everyone knows we we know we're we known for our food, the music, the partying, and the partying. That's what New Orleans is known for. Right. It's it's kind of difficult to have uh, social distance because everyone has been locked up. They've been coked up and and they party, party, party. So I'm hoping that the numbers are okay and the mayor does not have to go backwards and reclose down the city again. I'm hoping and praying. Are you prepared for that if that happens? Uh, as best as I can be, what, what, I've, what I've been doing, um, the military taught me to always try to be ahead. Um, I've been stocking up on a lot of stuff that other stores, when this first happened, everybody was running out of simple things as toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Well, I, have, I have a bunch of, I have a plethora of that. I've been, I've been stocking up. Like just today, I bought like um, eight cases of hand sanitizer. So if the city does get shut down again or there's um, a second wave of this, my store will be ready so I can continue to serve my community. How have you been dealing with your employees, Burnell? Like, is it just, is it just, how many people are in all of your businesses that you employ? I believe it or not, I have a total of six people uh, that's working for me. 
No kidding. And are they still working? Have you been able to keep them employed during all this? The only one I was, I, I, I had to put two of them uh, on the shelf, for lack of better words. That was the barber and the hairstylist. The other four, I was able to keep them gainfully employed. And did you get any type of funding from the government, paycheck protection money or anything like that to help? Oh, sir. You did not. Why not? Uh, well, that's, that's everyone was, t- was talking about all of the red tape you had to go through. Um, um, then I heard when I was trying to apply for it, they say it ran out of money. You know, it's, it's, I just have to keep on going. I have to keep on going no matter what. Uh, Brunel, listen to me. Like right now, this program was extended until August the 8th. Um, You would absolutely be eligible for it. It's designed exactly for businesses like yours and mine. You need to go to a bank and you need to apply for it. And because the forgiveness period is now 24 weeks, I have little doubt that most, if not all, of whatever loan you get would be completely forgiven. And that money will not only pay your payroll, but it'll play, help pay your rent, mortgage interest, utilities. It really could be the difference between staying in business and not throughout the summer. So you have to promise me that you're going to go and talk to a local banker about this. First, I want to tell you, thank you for even telling me that. That means a lot to me because this any type of help is greatly appreciated. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And yes, I will. I'm going to look into it and see what happens. Good, because it's not it's not as difficult as you think to do the application process. And um, actually you'll learn a lot of my clients that I talk to that have never even dealt with bankers before or applied for a loan or anything like it. They learned a lot about themselves and their business and helped establish a relationship with the banker as well. But um, once you apply for this and you get that money, it will make a big difference. And not just you, but your employees as well to keep, to keep everything going. So, you know, wrapping things up for now, you know, so it's been, Listen, you have managed this business through the worst of times. I mean, a hurricane, like a Katrina, you know, and now COVID. Um, you've done you've done the right things by diversifying yourself, um, and 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 you're still here, and and you will still be here for a while. But I'm just kind of curious now, even though you're we're not through this yet. What what lessons have you learned from from this kind of a thing happening? Um, great question. Um, I've learned not. And anybody that's listened to this, please, please listen to what I'm about to tell you, because this was a very important lesson to me. Um, I've learned never, ever, ever not to take anything for granted. For Katrina, I grabbed two pairs of pants and a shirt, and I just knew I was coming right back home, and I lost everything. Um, I know what my grandparents look like in my mind, but I have no pictures of them in my hand. I don't take nothing. I say nothing for granted. Don't take anything for granted. Whether it's uh, your toothbrush, your cell phone, your, your shoes, I lost everything. That's one lesson that, very important lesson that I've, uh, I've taken away from Katrina. With this COVID, um, is that and also keep helping others. Because you never, nobody never thought you would lose your job for something that you didn't do. And when they shut everything down and seeing people coming here, beg me for credit or beg me, can they get a loaf of bread to feed their families or, or what have you? Um, it just makes me like, man, this don't, don't take nothing for granted, value and appreciate everything that you have and help others because I'm a firm believer in, uh, in the biblical ex- it calls what uh, you reap what you sow uh, on the streets. What we 
stay here. It's called what goes around, come around, or karma. Try to help someone else out because you never know when you're going to need it. You know, and I try my best to help out my fellow man and, and not to take nothing for granted. Those are two important lessons that I've learned through this. Cornell Cotlin is the owner of the Lower Ninth Ward Market in New Orleans. He will sell you groceries. He will wash your clothes. He will do your hair. God knows what he's going to be doing in the next few years. Uh, Burnell, thank you very much for joining. That was that was great. Uh, for more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics, please visit the Paychex COVID-19 Help Center. The address is paychex.com forward slash coronavirus dash resources. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Burnell, again. Um, and everyone, we'll see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.